0: Hey, one more thing before you go. In this episode, we learned that talking to the dead isn't a joyride. It's not a theme park patch to chat with Elvis whenever you want. I wish I could. Or a ticket to discover the long lost secrets of Atlantis. Also wish I could. Nor is it a convenient way to find your lost car keys. But it is an opportunity to get, to get closure when you have lost a loved one and didn't get to say what you wanted to say before losing them. We're also going to learn the journey of one woman's path to becoming a medium and how you too can develop those same skills that are stored deep inside of you. I'm your host, Michael Hurst. Welcome to One More Thing Before You Go. My guest today is Isabel Bo Maxwell. She is one of the leading spiritual coaches in intuitive development today. Isabel brings deep channel knowledge and personal understanding to the field of spirituality. We're going to have a fantastic conversation today. She's helped people connect to their authentic, natural intuitive abilities for over 15 years. We all have it, it just sometimes lays dormant. She's going to help us understand how to bring it out. And I uh, And she's the founder and an award-winning intuitive development course, The Sage Method. And we're going to talk about that too. She's the author of a best-selling book, Cracking Open, Adventures of a Reluctant Medium. I love that title. And the creator of the popular online community, The Sage Circle. She's an internationally recognized medium, touching the lives of people across the world, known for her compassion and accuracy. Isabel brings peace and comfort to many through her energy work, her transformative sessions, and her teachings. And welcome to the show.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Absolutely. You got an you got. let me use proper English. (laughs) I am educated. (laughs) You have had an amazing journey in life that uh, has uh, brought you to a point in... In your life, that you share this with the world, and you do it in such a manner that uh, you educate people and and you help people get closure. So, I'm very excited about this conversation.
1: Well, I'm grateful for you uh, bringing me on here and being able to talk about this openly and and you know and in detail.
0: Well, we're gonna have a we're gonna have a great conversation, and I always like to start at the beginning. So uh, where'd you grow up?
1: I grew up in a few towns. I had a mom that really loved renovating homes and then moving on to the next one. <laughs> but mostly it was in the state of Minnesota and I was an only child, it was just me. And it was a pretty uh, uneventful childhood to be honest. It was a pretty standard.
0: Did you have any siblings? Nope,
1: nope, just me. I was the only one I had some really close cousins, but that's that as about it. so I was uh an introvert, which ended up working out well, not having any siblings.
0: Why well, give you my brother if you want? No that's okay. <laughs> Are you sure?
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm one of those only children that um I was fine being an only kid.
0: okay, I can sacrifice it's okay <laughs> uh, did you uh did you go to university? Okay. <laughs> Did you go to university?
1: I did. I did. When I, I did. I went to the University of uh, Minnesota, also Mankato state, and I graduated with a math degree, uh, the minor in chemistry, uh, dabbled in biology and things like that. But for me, uh, analytical logic was everything, everything. I, as a child uh, in my early twenties and such, Religion, spirituality, that wasn't a part of our process in our family. I did go to church until a certain age, got the confirmation, said to my mom, not really interested in this, and she said, okay, and that was about it. So I didn't have an upbringing that involved religion or spirituality or anything along those lines.
0: That's really interesting because where you're at right now... um, it 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 almost almost from a scientific perspective, and in, in not more of a spirituality perspective. But now you're in you're in a spirituality. Let me try that again. You're in a spirituality perspective. Um, do you think there's a, a a conflict in there?
1: At this point, I would say there isn't a conflict, but going from being a complete skeptic to open, I had to face a lot of conflict within myself, uh, within my social structure. It wasn't, and I will say it wasn't something that I signed up for. I didn't read an article and think, Oh, this is interesting. I would really love to go down this road. As a matter of fact, the way that I was brought up in my home. Now, you know, cousins and my grandmother and such were open to this. I later found out, but I was pretty sheltered. And in my home, you know, that was, that was no good. Psychics were frauds. We don't deal with that stuff. It's, it's not real. We focus on what's real, get out there and achieve. Yep, I will. (laughs) I'm on it. And that's what I did. So I was uh, working, opening businesses. raising children, things like this. And that concept, if someone said to me, in 10 years, you're going to be a professional medium, I would have laughed them out of the room. It was just not anything that I I would have signed up for. On top of that, much of my upbringing, there was always this underlining concern of what others thought of you. That was a really big part of my life so the concept of stepping out into the world and saying i was a psychic medium no i it absolutely not <laughs> it was not game
0: yeah it it's can you help us it would be difficult i think to step into something like that it, you're kind of uh, opening a door that you know, that you hadn't walked through before and uh it creates new challenges and and so forth but you've obviously overcome them you know, in a very positive way. Can you help us understand what a medium slash psychic is?
1: A medium is somebody that commutes, commutes communicates <laughs> with those see, on the I other side. That
0: long. I, see, I, I, I jinxed you. <laughs> <laughs> you
1: know, I, I feel like bu, 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 bu. it's someone that communicates with people on the other side. So, uh, communication with spirits, with uh, guides, loved ones, et cetera, et cetera. A psychic, a little bit different, kind of the same vibration, but a little bit different. They're able to pick up information about objects, locations, uh, the energy around them. So, when someone is very much a psychic, they're able to tap into a situation or to a person, a living person, or or a location, and get information. A medium, it's much more of a conversation with someone on the other side. I'm. I lean very heavily on the mediumship side of being an intuitive. And the way I explain it to people is that if I lose my keys, it's easier for me to ask some someone who's in spirit form where my keys are than it is for me to just sort of tap in and find them.
0: That's convenient.
1: <laughs> well, if there's somebody there to assist me, because it's, it's psychics and mediums, it's kind of that, um, old school feeling of i wish i could do that so the psychics wish they could be mediums mediums wish they could be psychics we joke about it most people are both uh some people you know land pretty far on one side of the spectrum and you know it's it's kind of a running joke between us <laughs> you know it, it, you're it's, psychic it's, it's, could you it, find it, my keys for me yeah <laughs>
0: it's sort of like cops and firemen exactly firemen are great we work with them and it's cool you guys go to exactly. do the fire, but I want to stay on this side and I don't have to run into the fire and the firemen say, Well, you get to do that and you get to stand over there and protect me from the bullets and you do your thing.
1: But but that's actually a great analogy. It's a yeah. great analogy If me and a psychic walked into a building, the psychic would say, What do you pick up? And I'd say, hold on, I'll wait to see if anyone's here. And exactly. the psychic would pick up a lot more information. And I would just wait for any visitors.
0: See, that works. It works. When did yeah. you have your first uh, inclination? When did you have your first like uh, experience with understanding who you are?
1: My first experience came out of the blue. It came very sharply. Uh, it, it wasn't uh, invited. It was something that happened and uh, caused a bit of <laughs> fear in me. My grandmother passed away, and I wasn't near her. I was a couple thousand miles away from her, as a matter of fact, and... Uh, We were in two different states. I'm in New Hampshire. She was across the country. She passed away. I was really grateful to be able to be on the phone with the family who was in the hospice room with her at the time, even though I couldn't, like I couldn't financially get there. And she passed about an hour after that. I remember my husband took the kids to go get chocolate. He was a very good good guy. (laughs) He was like, I'm gonna go get you some chocolate. I'm going you anything you need." And I was, so I was really devastated. My grandmother was, in essence, um, a mom to me. And I was standing in my living room thinking to myself, okay, I can either completely fall apart and start that grieving process or I can get on the computer and book a flight because now there's going to be a funeral that I want to attend. And I'm standing there trying to decide which one to do. And my grandmother showed up in my living room and I was frightened. There's really no other way to say it It, and not necessarily in a negative way. It was just not part of my reality. And here's this little five foot tall spunky grandmother of mine smiling at me. She was about 70% solid. So it was definitely not out of the corner of your eye or maybe did I see it it was oh my goodness you're you're right there and she turned i remember she was standing sideways which was interesting but she turned smiled winked at me and then left and by the time this was done i had i had been so frightened i was sitting on the floor just going okay don't ever do that again was that real what's going on and that that was the door that opened it all she continued to keep coming back to visit and I ended up having to find support and people that I could talk to and try to figure out what was going on. Is this grief? Do I need to get uh, help, therapy, or is this real?
0: Yeah, I think that would be uh, it. It's a blessing in disguise. When it happens. Yeah, I'm
1: sure now happens. I'm grateful. Now I am grateful. But to take a complete skeptic who has such a solid belief and have something like that happen, it really, it it really does shake right. you. And when people today say to me, well, do you want to sit down with skeptics and, and show them you know, that this is real? My answer is actually no. If someone is a skeptic, when they're ready, if they're ready to open to something, they will. But otherwise, let them keep that security blanket because yeah. my security blanket was ripped away in a moment.
0: Well, and, and to get that much of a manifestation, that's really intriguing. Uh, shocking. I'm sure it was shocking, like you said. It, shocking. Startling as well. Uh, yeah. From that perspective. Yeah. It, it, and, and, and dare I say, um, not everybody gets that opportunity. Uh, you know, you, uh, and she winked at you, so obviously she kind of was. She probably sounds like a little, uh, little laundry.
1: <laughs> she, was, she was a little spitfire. She was a lot of fun. Uh, very playful. And now looking back, I know exactly what she was doing, because I knew her very well. She was a hoot. And I know now looking back, she knew what my path was. She got to be the door to open the path. And she probably thought that was just the funniest thing. Uh, That's not funny. But I didn't say anything to anyone. The next morning, my husband, said um, that he had a dream that was super vivid and very realistic and he said it was your grandmother and she was wearing this blue shirt. It was buttoned down, it was short-sleeved. He pretty much described exactly what she was wearing when she presented herself to me the night before and that's when I shared with him this is what happened. It took a while for me to be able to find support. I I did, I ended up getting a therapist and said, Okay, I need to figure this out. And I remember uh, that that first instance was very strong. But right after that, I didn't have those same visuals, it was more the chills or knowing some someone Mm -hmm. standing next to me, and I can feel it, but I'm not quite sure. So I was waiting for proof and I was asking for proof. I'm very grateful that my grandmother gave me a significant amount of proof. And once that trust set in that this was real and not just grief manifesting itself, that's when more and more information came through and I was able to start seeing other spirits and then starting to help people with it. That's really int- <laughs>
0: Excuse me. That's really um Profound. I think that kind of experience that opens your door that way, and, and at least it was your grandmother that did it. Uh, like I said, I know you were shocked at the time, but yeah. you know it, it's it's, uh, it's sort of like she uh, she like you said she opened the door for you, and that, I think to me that's a that's kind of a gift, you know, from that perspective. You have a family member and somebody that you cherish and value, and uh, her one more thing was to say, "Hey, wait a minute, let me open this door for you." <laughs>
1: And somebody that I trust as well, uh, she was wonderful. She. Uh, it took a few months for me to find some balance, um, get my footing, gather enough pieces of proof from communication with her, even though it wasn't very visual at first. And then when I stepped forward into this, that's when I started to visually be able to see her again. There is something to a little bit of trust and faith with mm-hmm. your connection in order to be able to see more and I started to see her and hear her and I I started becoming really comfortable with it. (laughs) Michael, I was like, this is wonderful. I have my grandmother for the rest of my life and I thought that's what this was all about. And then um, I was in a grocery store. This was probably months after I opened, I was in a grocery store and I looked down the aisle and there was three people. And then I turned, I was selecting some food off the shelf and I looked down the aisle again and there was like six Mm -hmm. and three of them were transparent. And that was the first time I'd ever seen anyone other than her or experienced connecting with anyone other than her. And I ran out of the store, I ran out of the store, I'm sure I made quite the uh, fool of myself, but I did. I ran out of the store, got in my car, shut the door and my grandmother showed up in the passenger seat and I turned to her, I said, did you see that? Because I was kind of panicked. Because all I know at this point, I'm 32 years old. All I know at this point is horror movies, right? This is the only reference I have in my head. And my grandmother looked at me and she said, Well, what did you think was going to happen? Wow. And I went, Yeah, oh, okay. Yeah, that's amazing. All right. So I guess you can just pick one.
0: <laughs> Your next book could be Medium in aisle three. Medium in aisle three.
1: <laughs> exactly. <laughs>
0: So, you, from that perspective, when, once that door was opened to you, um, let's talk about that journey a little bit from, from, from that forward. Because you know, I know it, it changed your life, I'm assuming. It changed your life mm-hmm. profoundly because look where you're at now. Mm-hmm. What happened next? What happened next?
1: The next year or two were very difficult. And I'm very grateful for them. At the same time, the challenges were very hard for me to overcome. Like I said, I was 32, I was set in my life. I was set in my ways, maybe a little bit stubborn. And the two things that were the hardest for me to overcome was uh, the biggest one was what will people think? Like I said throughout my childhood, appearances were very important. What people thought of you was very important and here I am now having to go out in the world and tell them that I'm speaking with the deceased. This is this was a, a very large leap for someone like me. So I had to learn how to become confident with myself and not concerned with others' judgment. So that was a very large one, even though that was probably the toughest challenge I walked through, it's now the thing I am most grateful for because my life is so wonderful now that I'm not consumed with what others think and I can just be me and then help others to be themselves as well. So that was the biggest challenge. The second challenge really was having to readjust my community and finding people who understood me and accepted me and finding that support that was also quite quite the journey so the the first two years being opened were a little bit difficult and challenging but i'd go through them again in a heartbeat just to be able to live the life i'm living today after about two years i was a professional medium i started teaching others how to open up intuitively because if, if you think about it logically, if I can, anyone can, that's, that's really where I was at. You take a stubborn Taurus, you know, analytical mathematical one plus one has to equal to person and open them up to the level of intuition that I was able to access. If I can do it, anyone can.
0: I, I won't say the same thing for math. Um, I won't say that. I, I'm not a math guy. I'm a kind of, a, I can do stuff, but not like that. Uh, it, it, it's learning to be, learning to hone your craft, I would say. I, actually, I've got a couple of questions, if I may, real quick. Because uh, you, you mentioned something yeah. earlier about your husband having a dream about your grandmother, and she was kind of wearing the same thing. Um, can our loved ones uh, visit us in a dream?
1: Absolutely. It's actually one of the easier ways that they can visit us. And I tell people, take an object of theirs, or if you don't have an object, uh, write them a note. Keep that by your bedside stand, like on the table next to your bed, and say goodnight to them before you go to sleep. Make this a ritual that you do every single night. That's going to open the door for them to be able to connect with you. It's easier for them to connect in dream state because intuition is opened through releasing our clutter, releasing our left brain and our analytical, again, if I can do this, anyone can because I've got a serious analytical brain, we need to shut that part of our brain down and just say quiet and then allow the, the right brain, the creativity, the openness to just flow. And that's really easily done in dream sleep. Another way to say that is when we're asleep, we're out of our own way. We can't even get in our own way. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's a lot easier for them to be able to access during dreams. And it's a very common process. And that ritual has helped a lot of people over the years.
0: That's interesting. I think that would give people an opportunity to get closure that they didn't get um, throughout my career. Absolutely. Uh, through my personal life as well as my career, you know there were people. That my personal life, I've had people that didn't get to say goodbye to before they passed away, and in my career, you know I've been with people that had died, and you know they didn't get to say. There were people they didn't get to say or knocked on somebody's door and had to tell them that somebody had passed, and the first thing I said was I didn't get to say I loved them or something. So that that um, this gives them an opportunity maybe to get some closure. That's that's pretty cool. Thank you. Um, I, the second question is uh, in regard to, you said that you were in the grocery store and you saw the other three spirits, do you, somebody in your position, somebody that uh, is a medium slash psychic, uh, do, do spirits reach out and seek you or do you just happen to, sounds like a bizarre question, do you just run into them like you run into them in the grocery store?
1: it's actually not a bizarre question at all uh sometimes both actually both if i'm in a professional situation where i'm scheduled to sit down with someone and do a, a session with them i do ask their loved ones to kind of wait until the session starts you know what i mean because occasionally a loved one will show up at 10 in the morning and i'll say we're meeting at three can yeah, you start you know, off love a bunch of stuff <laughs> day but um and and that it warms my heart because it's usually their excitement to meet with people that tends to happen as well with somebody who's never had a reading before Mm -hmm. i can always tell who's had a reading before and who hasn't if someone hasn't had a reading before when you sit down with them the whole family comes in like Mm -hmm. everyone comes in because they're like finally okay say this say this say this say this if you run into someone who's had a lot of readings Maybe one person will come in, or another person will come in, but not very many. And it's usually a little bit less information because they got a reading last Thursday. So it's it's um, um that's pretty, that's pretty clear. In my day to day life, there's really two types of spirits that I that I interact with. I interact with people who have crossed over on the other side. They've gone through the crossover process. They they're on the other side. They've gone through their transformation. And then there are individuals that have not crossed over yet. For some reason, <clears throat> they've become stuck in the in between. These are the situations where you hear people um, who are affected by, you know, noises in the night or things like that, where they say, oh, "You know, something's going on in my house." Many times, those are a spirit that has not yet crossed over. There's lots of reasons for that, but both of those are the those are the two that I typically interact with. And in my day to day, just going about, I run into spirits that are stuck more often than I do crossed over, and it's it's pretty much because someone who's crossed over isn't really functioning out of that uh, human mindset anymore, that fear based mindset. They've been able to sort of release that, and they're just um, the best of themselves, and they they see what's coming, and they you know they they're not worried or concerned, but. They do, they they can randomly come up and say, hey, can you say something to this person? And then I always ask permission first, which is a fun, awkward conversation. You know, (laughs) hi, my name is Bo. I want to tell you what I do. And I just want to let you know there's information coming through if you're interested in it. And 90% of the time they say yes. And when they say no, I say, absolutely. I totally understand. You know, sending you
0: love. um, Sorry, there was a little delay there. So I didn't mean to, to step on your words do you think that uh the the more mainstream um television opportunities that have shown psychics and mediums in a a positive light have contributed to a more positive uh outlook on on psychics and mediums
1: i i do i absolutely do when i opened up intuitively i found that most people When asking me what they would say, what do you do? And I would say, I'm a medium. Most people didn't know what that meant. And I would have to explain it. Fast forward, there's shows like Medium or Ghost Whisper. Ghost Whisper was a fantastic show that's really, that's very, very close to what it's like being a medium. And, you know, ghost hunting shows, they're okay, but. You know, that scary music usually isn't playing in the background when you're actually doing a ghost hunt. (laughs) But you know, it's it's more exciting to watch when it's edited. Um, But with those shows now, people are more open to what this is and that it could be a possibility. And also over the years when I've run into people who don't believe in this and I tell them what I do, it warms my heart actually because what they say is I don't believe in that but there's always a but but there was this one time and everyone has that one time there was this one time I heard this or I saw this you know but I don't believe in any of it but that happened but I don't believe in any of it and I think most most people I've met has had something happen to them before where it made them think Is there some truth to this is is did that really happen and it's becoming more and more commonplace to be able to discuss these things
0: yeah i I agree with you i think that the uh the we as human beings sometimes have to uh most of us are raised in an environment and um like i was raised catholic i'm a reformed catholic i don't practice (laughs) being a catholic anymore um haven't for a long time for for one reason in particular is uh, I'm a more spiritual individual and I'm more open to the universe and what's out there. And uh, I believe in the the fact that we are all energy that are connected within the universe and that, that things are possible. And uh, the Catholic Church doesn't believe in that. And um, I won't get in trouble because I've said it a whole bunch of times all over some other shows. Uh, <laughs> unless the Pope's knocking on my door, I'm not going to worry about it. <laughs> And he's a nice pope, so it's okay. Um, the, I think that, uh, I agree with you, I think that uh, some of these, shows, like Ghost Whisperer, and, and uh, 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 you just said the other one, and I just forgot it. Um, uh, medium. Medium, thank yeah. you, Ghost Whisperer, Medium. Who was based on a psychic here in, in the Phoenix area? Uh, yeah. In the in-between, things like those kind of shows. Even though the in-between, they dramatized a lot, I think that it had a lot of truth to it as well because of the methodology that it was presented in. It, it showed the in between, showed these stuck souls that were here that needed to finish something, um, mm-hmm. that, that uh, didn't get to do something or had unfinished business. Do you do you believe in unfinished business?
1: Absolutely absolutely and i will say that those those are really my two go-to shows which medium and ghost whisper medium did a very good job showing the ups and the downs of what it's like to function as a medium in your day-to-day life and ghost whisper really did a fantastic i mean that's that's probably my favorite show come to find out that uh, james von prague was um in in the show background, you know, Mm -hmm. advising. And then that, when I found that out, I went, oh, okay. That's why that show was so accurate. They had an advisor on there that knew what it was like to have to try to talk to a spirit that's confused or, you know, lost, Mm -hmm. but confusion, uh, feeling lost, wanting to say one more thing, I've run into, so many spirits in the in between, uh, working to help cross them over. It's a it's a really big part of my um, kind of my mission and what what I'm doing. And I do it just day to day, kind of behind the scenes. Not necessarily something that everyone sees it all the time. But for me, I've run into so many different types, and it can be it can be. I ran into a mom who <laughs> went toe to toe with me, and she said, "I am not going anywhere until my kids graduate." And I wow. went, oh, okay, fair. I understand that. I respect that. She's like, I'm not scared. I know what I'm doing, and I'm not going anywhere. So we had to have a little bit of a conversation where I was like, you know, you you still can be there with them when they graduate. You actually might be able to, you know, they might be able to sense you or feel you if you were able to, you know, cross over and then come on back. And she got on board with that, and she finished her transition. But that unfinished business is a very big piece. Uh, it's a big piece for, for both. It's a big piece for those who are transitioning and for those who have lost someone. It's It can be a really difficult process.
0: Do you think somebody can be stuck in the in-between for a long period of time if they don't have help?
1: I do. I do. I have, and I, but I will say this, that most often someone that's stuck in the in-between doesn't have a concept of how long they've been there because one of the purposes of going through this in between and crossing over is to release someone from a linear timeline and help them to cross over to the other side which is not a linear timeline so the process of their transition is also releasing from linear time and most of them release from linear time pretty quickly after passing so they can be halfway through their transition they've released linear time Perhaps they've been there for 80 years, but they don't have a concept that they've been there for 80 years. So more often than not, they're not aware of it. I have never run into an individual in the in-between that had been there longer than, say, 150 years, I, I would say. Mm-hmm. I think that was probably the oldest range that I've run into. A lot of people who are stuck in the in-between are stuck in the in-between out of fear, out of some form of of fear, it's a very psychological space, and it can it can cause people to slow down their process.
0: Yeah, I think my father-in-law um, he passed away of Lewy body dementia, and, and we had took care of him here in the house, and he um, took him. A, when I say this, I'm sure you understand. Um, close to the end, he was very reluctant to even pass, and understandably, I'd fight it as much as I could for my last as well. Um, But he, he thought you just went into the black, Yeah, and he didn't want to go into the black. It was, you know, just black, nothing. Um, And it, it, my wife and I were, like I said, I'm a reformed Catholic, but I, I do believe in a higher power. I do believe that, you know, we all exist on another plane from that perspective. So does my wife. Uh, and my kids, our kids. She's in the house. I've got to make sure I say our. Because <laughs> they are our. <laughs> um, and it it was um, it was sad to a point because, you know, we wanted him to look forward to something. He wanted him to look forward to something other than black and dark. You know, like just let go because he was in pain. And he, you know, he just, he was miserable in the state that he was. He passed. And uh, um, we heard on another note from somebody else that we had had a conversation with, uh, who said that yeah, he's he's fine and he's with uh, Grandpa Ripple and so and so, and so and so and so and so and you know that kind of rested my wife's uh, mind and heart just a little bit to understand that and that he understood that there was it was more than just dark and that the possibility there was more and that and it fit for it. So for those of you listening out there. There, there is something on the other side that you can look forward to, and there is something on the other side that you can reach out to and, and get closure and talk, and that one more thing, that one more thing. Um,
1: Absolutely. I would, I would have, also, I just want to throw out there too, real quick, the transition process is automatic. If you are curious about, okay, so what happens as I transition, what's going to, look at watch some documentaries on near-death experiences and what people are sharing that they experienced, there is an automatic pull when it comes to crossing over. So it takes a lot to become stuck. And people say, well, I don't want to be, I don't want to be stuck. That sounds bad. It's first off, it's not bad. (laughs) It's just part of your process. And secondly, the process of crossing over is so automatic. The pull toward that mass connection of of unconditional love, that higher power that I believe in as well, that pull is so strong that ninety nine point nine percent of the people that cross over do so automatically. It's it's not something to be to be fearful of. But yeah, it's it's there for us.
0: Which is a positive thing. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, it's something we can all look forward to. Do you believe in reincarnation?
1: I do. I do. Actually, when it comes to past lives, for my understanding, being that the other side is is not on linear time, all of our lives technically are happening at the same time. In the perspective of our higher self on the other side, but I do believe in reincarnation, and I do believe that we have multiple lives, and there are instances where those lives are able to, uh, you know, connect energetically or assist each other in different ways, and it's it's really quite remarkable if you think about it. It's as if the higher self, your higher self, takes a little little piece of light out of of the higher self and sends it down into earth to have a life it runs around has a life leaves that body behind and comes back to connect to the higher self and for me other lives are just pieces of the higher self experiencing different experiences
0: it's a brilliant analogy i like that it's pieces it's like a little puzzle pieces everything together but in a nice bright way it, it yeah. kind of works it works do you believe in heaven and hell
1: I do not. I do not uh, believe in those locations. I believe in the experiences of them. Uh, like I said, the in-between is a very uh, psychological space. If we think about what's happening to us when we transition, we've left behind the physical body, but we still have the mind and the spiritual body that is transitioning through this space and releasing you know, that linear time. As it's doing that if an individual has fear, uh, they can manifest the visions of fear or what they're experiencing in that space. That would be the closest thing that I can put to the word hell. You know, once the transition has completed and they've crossed over and they've released that fear-based thought process, then they are able to return to the other side. I believe hell is really a fear-based concept. Uh, you know, used for a few different reasons over the history of time, but I don't see it as a location where anyone's hanging out.
0: So, Lucifer, mm-hmm. Tom Ellis, Tom Ellis, his his portrayal of Lucifer is fantastic, and I love the, I'm not giving anything away, I love the ending, the way he, way he worked out hell, I don't know if you saw it or not, but if you have the opportunity, you should Check that out; it's pretty slick.
1: I have not seen that. I am going to put that on my watch list. Yeah,
0: my oldest daughter actually had uh, a couple of uh, little, tiny, tiny bit parts in it. Um, she was in a couple of episodes where she was the uh, the good looking blonde at the uh, the bar, and uh, yeah it worked. <laughs> and we got to be proud of that. But uh, uh, Lucifer is really; it's a fun show. It really is; it's a fun show. And the ending, the ending's a twist. And a lot of people don't really, might be surprised by it, but uh, I found it to be very, very, um, I, I guess, uh, fulfilling. It was it was cool the way the ending presented itself because it, it was kind of right. like what you're talking about right now. It's cool.
1: Well, don't, don't give it away. I, I will throw out another movie as well, uh, Robin Williams' What Things May Come.
0: Oh, I love that movie.
1: Oh, I love that movie so yeah, much. I, love that movie. I I love him. He's just an amazing soul. That movie it, it is very close to showing what the concept of hell is, and a hell is a place in the mind that you can get into, but it doesn't mean, you know, that you are at a location right. or somewhere else. I mean, in the movie, he journeys to her, but it's such a symbolic journey that it's, you know, him saying, you don't need to, I don't want to give away too much there either, but him saying, you know, let's come on, come on, let's keep going. Let's keep moving. And Robin Williams
0: plays it brilliantly. It's not, I mean, we all see him as the, the fantastic, brilliant comedian that he, that he was. Um, And in this particular case, he really embraces this character in such a way that uh, you take his journey.
1: He does. And the other characters that are around him in the movie, and the concept of heaven in that movie is very well done. Now, I use the word other side because there's here and there's there. That's pretty much how it is. But if somebody wants to, you know, equate the other side with with heaven, they also portray that in a very accurate way.
0: That's pretty cool. That's nice to know. Yeah, nice to know. So this is, yes, this is a PSA for watch the movie. <laughs>
1: it's good for you. Good movie reviews. I love it.
0: Um, so help us understand. Uh, I know that uh, you teach classes and we don't want to give everything away, but uh, we all have the ability. I know that we talked right before this and some of the things that I've researched on you. Yes, I did a little research. Um, it. You say that we all have the ability to develop this intuitive power ourselves, that we we can open that that door like you got opened. And it may be open just a little bit uh, and not maybe as full-blown as you, but we all have the ability to do that, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Can you, can it give is. Us some,
0: give us a little, just a taste.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. When I... So- like we discussed when I first opened up, I met with my grandmother. I started communicating with her. Uh, I I became more confident with that. Moving forward beyond that, I started to. Um, well, I met One with. Sec. <laughs> I think I said, "Hey Siri, my apologies." Um, <laughs> sure. My okay. phone said, "Well, hold on." I said, "Okay, my apologies." Like I said, with I started by communicating with my grandmother. Shortly after that, I met my first spiritual guide, which was um, what I would consider my teaching guide. And he did a fantastic job teaching me how everything works. Like you know, I'm very analytical and very logical. I'm the person that if I understand how it works, I'm able to do it better. And he taught me how intuition works, how it flows, uh, You know, how lives intersect, how we're all connected. And he really showed me that intuition is 100% within you, it's just a matter of how covered up it is. It is just as strong of a sense as your other five senses and it's completely natural. We are all wired with it. It's a matter of uncovering it. I walked through the steps that in the instruction that he gave me of um, decluttering it emotionally, uh, environmentally, finding out the things that were really blocking it and when I was able to release those that's when my intuition became stronger and stronger and the accuracy became stronger and stronger as well on top of that he showed me a lot of different techniques in order to be able to hone in on how my intuition flowed uniquely for me he was very clear to let me know that everyone's intuition works differently and You know here are the techniques and the tools on how to navigate through that and figure out how it works for each different person once i opened up i was working as a professional intuitive i was doing gallery readings and you know i was really getting out there with it that's when that same guide said to me i want you to take everything that i taught you i want you to package it up and i want you to uh, bring it to people and show them that they can open their intuition as well. And that was the birth of the sage method really. And I remember saying to him, "Okay, well what do I call it?" And he just looked right at me and said, "I don't care what you call it. Just bring it out there and show it to people. You know, have them do it." And I started working with some of my clients and I said, "Hey, I want to try this. Let's give it a shot." And I started with uh, I think it was like 11 students, 11 clients. I said, "Just just stick with me for seven weeks and follow all of these techniques. And they did, and it was so fun to watch all of them be able to tap in and get information that they thought they could never access before. And that that was back in 2008, I wanna say. And I've been teaching people ever since, walking them through this formula on how to open up their intuition. And it's been awesome. It's been just incredible.
0: Is there something that, that we can do to start maybe um, to kind of get a little taste of it ourselves so we understand how to start under... Look, I'm a cop by heart, and I, I, I trained as a cop, lived as a cop, and trusted my intuition, and it kept me alive in some occasions and kept, me, kept other people alive in some occasions. So I learned to trust my intuition, and... I didn't do it through the I didn't do it through the Catholic religion. I, know, I keep saying that, but you know we're indoctrinated when we're uh, in organized religion. We're indoctrinated. don't believe this, don't believe that, don't believe this, don't believe that. Um, you're not allowed to believe this, you're not allowed to believe that. only I can do that. only I can mm-hmm. talk to God. only I can talk to this to an angel. Um, but I learned how to trust my intuition and my intuition again saved my life. I learned to listen to the angel in my ear to make sure that I didn't go that way and I went that way or yeah. no, open that door, open that door and, and it worked for me. Do um, you have maybe a little tidbit you can share to help people start maybe uh, understanding how they can understand their own it, Let me try that in English. Understand their <laughs> own uh, methods for uh, maybe uh, understanding how to find their intuition. That would be the best question, I guess.
1: Yeah, where to get started. And I I do want to say, I love that you shared that because what a great way to step into intuition. And here you are today as a result of it and following it. I think that's really powerful. A lot of people use their intuition in their careers and their day-to-day lives. And it's not as much of an open conversation as I think it will be in the near future. But that is, I don't know, that just warms my heart to hear how you used it. And I know that many other people in service jobs are, are using that as well. People that are out there defending and protecting and putting themselves in um, harm's way to protect other people. If they're all using their intuition, that just that just makes me so happy. I'm It does, it makes me happy because it speaks to the value of intuition. It's so valuable, yet it's not quite that conversation on the top of the dinner table, you know what I mean?
0: Yep. And, you know, it, it's, it's interesting, even, from, even while I did my job, um, you know, I'd walk into a situation and uh, my intuition would tell me to listen, to observe, mm-hmm. to pay attention, and to understand, remember compassion, humanity, and logic. Uh, all all of that before I acted sounds like a lot to do before you act, but you know, before I acted or took an action in, in several, well, numerous cases, hundreds of cases, um, with regard to dealing with people from all different levels in, in different situations. And I think that it allows for, from my perspective, I'm glad that you, I'm glad that you said that because I, I, I think that, um, obviously I have other colleagues and friends out there that that watch me and listen to my show, but I'm going to tell them they need to listen to this one in particular because sometimes we always question our intuition. Are we doing the right thing by following our intuition? And following my gut, to Quote: I can't do quotes, but fake quotes in the air. Air <laughs> <laughs> <Error laughs> quotes. Uh, following my intuition. Sometimes we, uh, we question whether or not following our intuition, our gut feeling is the right thing to do. But... It, it, what you're saying is that that intuition and that gut feeling is really um an angel talking in our show in our win in our in our window in our ear yeah <laughs> could be talking in, the in, window, our, in I our, guess. <laughs>
1: our head window their head window which is the ear it is it is really important it's really important and on a small scale it's important on a large scale it's really important but a small scale can be just interacting with with uh, people that you're in relationships with. you know I'm I'm a Taurus I could be feisty but there are moments where my intuition says hmm this is a moment for you to sit quiet and listen it's like okay and that's that's you know served me very well and yet here are individuals that are, are going out and putting themselves in harm's way for others. I mean, that just raises the bar on how valuable intuition is and to listen to it. And, you know, unless you're going against laws or rules or things like that, I mean, we do have to pay attention to the human aspect of this. There's absolutely nothing wrong with taking that extra moment to sit with your intuition or to acknowledge it when it bubbles up and it, and it says, don't, don't open that door. Just take that extra second to, like, think through why your intuition might have said that. I think it's incredibly valuable. I mean, there's countless stories of individuals who have saved lives, saved their own life, um, and and just made huge differences in the world because of their intuition.
0: Do you think our intuition can connect with the other side?
1: Oh, yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely. And that brings me to, and I do want to give a few tips for people to get started right away. Um, But it also brings me to that point of everyone's had a moment, and everyone's had a story where, and it could be a moment where they've said, you know, I don't believe in any of this, you know, because I was raised not to or, or whatever their reason is for not believing in it. But there was that one moment where I was at a stop sign, and everything in me told me not to drive. And then all of a sudden someone ran the stop sign in front of me. And I I knew that I had to be like protected. Uh, Something told me not to move forward. That's the something that we want to listen to. We like to function in our world with this concept of our five senses are the only senses that we can rely on. Well, your, your five senses can only see, feel, smell, and hear a car from X miles away. Your sixth sense, your intuition knows that car is coming. And if you take that extra second, regardless of the person behind you honking, if you take that extra second to just listen to it, there's no harm done and it could save your life. It's a a really powerful thing. A lot of people have had a lot of those experiences and I tell people one of the key pieces to stepping into intuition is allowing yourself to trust it what's the worst that could happen right don't put yourself in danger never put yourself in danger i mean we have to be logical about these things but to allow yourself to step into a space of trust i had to practice that myself i had to practice trusting something that was unseen if you can't show it to me if one plus one doesn't equal two that i am not on board i had to give myself moments of time, I remember saying, okay, for the next 15 minutes, I completely believe, I completely believe that there's a higher source, I completely believe. And then I knew I could go back to that really sort of closed space that brought me comfort. And sometimes that's what it takes. But the more you put faith and trust in in it, okay, I'm going to stay open to the concept, this is possible, then the more you'll be able to access because really a large piece of clutter that's blocking individual's intuition is that doubt, is that skepticism, is, is that, nope, this isn't real. I mean, if you're solidly going to stay in that space, it's going to be very hard for you to access more and more, let alone your own intuition on a day-to-day basis. But beyond that, connecting with loved ones on the other side, there's a very strong connection. If you took us back 200 years, no one would be having this conversation right now you would walk into the nearest cottage and sit down and the grandmother would sit down and say oh i was talking to my husband today and that's a normal thing because there was a time when the sixth sense was completely part of how we functioned and today you know for no one's fault who knows why but society you know we could go down that road but there's no point in going down it the fact is is that you know stop listening to this concept that the sixth sense isn't real start to look inward and see how it aligns with you but step into some trust step into some faith beyond that my other two suggestions i know you asked for one michael but i gotta give a couple more
0: (laughs) i'm okay with that this is an open honest conversation and it's organic it goes where it needs to go.
1: It goes where it needs to go. So the first one like I said is you have to allow yourself to trust the possibility that it's there. You have to say okay, all right, so you might be around me. I'm just going to trust that you are and then I'm going to sit with it. You have to you have to open up first before you can, you know, connect with it. The second two would be Uh, doing something called GCP. And you can find that uh, on, on my site, it's I've got a free video on there to show people how to do it. But GCP is this intent exercise. It's a very quick little meditation you do on your own, you do it silently. It's, you know, everyone should do it. It's a ground clearing and protecting your energy. And by doing that, it's a way to say, I am a spiritual being having a human experience. And by doing that, you open yourself up to accessing more energetically. So GCP is a really great tool. And like I said, I've got a video on there that people that everyone can watch on how to do this. It's very quick and simple. And then lastly, I would say, if you want to see something or feel something or experience something, your intuition speaks through your other five senses. So intuitive information comes in, it accesses the other five senses in order to deliver messages. That's why people see things, hear things, feel things, etc. And the best way to do this is to defocus. When our focus is on the solid world on, you know, the, the microphone or the, the remote next to me or if I'm really focused on solid material objects, I'm not connecting with what I'm actually looking to connect with in the in the in between. It's the spaces in between really the molecules. It's the spaces in between the molecules. If you want to get scientific about it, that's where everything else resides. So by defocusing our vision and letting the the material world kind of fall into the background that's where you open the door to connect. Everything you're looking for, whether it's intuitive information, a loved one on the other side, guides, they're not in the physical, they're in the non-physical. So defocusing your gaze can work wonders. Just staying open, just defocus and stay open. I'll give a small example as to, to kind of put this one plus one equals two together. Almost everyone I've ever met has said that they've had a moment where they saw something out of the corner of their eye. They've turned to see what it was and it was gone. This is because the corner of your eyes your peripheral it's defocused. The moment you turn to try to search for it, you're focusing your sight on a wall, on a window, on a door. You're focusing your sight on the solid, that's why you can't see what you saw out of the corner of your eye. So The three things I would say is start to allow yourself to have trust and faith. The second would be a quick practice of grounding, um, acknowledging your energetic body. GCP, like I said, is a great practice, but acknowledging that you're a spiritual being. And then thirdly, allowing yourself to have time each day to just sort of defocus to connect.
0: Those are some fantastic tips. Uh, Thank you very much for sharing those. I really appreciate it. I think that We all should take the opportunity to kind of open our eyes, our mind, our heart, our body, our soul, um, and take the time to uh, at least try it. What have you got to lose?
1: Right. And what
0: what do you have to gain? You have to gain. You have have a bunch to gain. (laughs) You have Um, a bunch to gain. That's that's a technical term. You have a bunch to gain.
1: (laughs) A bunch to gain. Yes, absolutely. Uh, So... um,
0: I know that you wrote a book. It's about selling Mm -hmm. book, right? Yeah. Let's let's talk a little bit about the book quickly, if we can, uh, because I'd like to. uh, It's intriguing. I did not get a chance to read it, but I'm going to read it. Uh, But the title in itself is uh, like a fantastic title. So you're on.
1: (laughs) Well, I wrote the book. Uh, The book is called "Cracking Open: Adventures of a Reluctant Medium." That's a pretty spot-on title, isn't it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's it's my memoirs from the first couple of years of opening up, the first few years where I went from a complete skeptic to a professional intuitive and teacher. And uh, the transition through those years was um, complicated. Uh, there was ups and downs. I wanted to write a very real book about what really happens when one opens up to their intuitive path and steps into it. And I, I wanted to put all the good in there and all the bad in there. And here's you know, here's what it was like on Monday and here's what it was like on Friday. And it, it's been a fantastic book because, and I believe it's a, it's a bestseller for a couple of reasons. First off, I had an amazing editor. Don't think for one second that a mathematician can write a good book. <laughs> he made me write it and then reread it two more times before he would start editing it. But he it, he was such a skilled editor that it's one of those books that you, you don't want to put, you can just keep reading. Like he was just, he's so good at the work he did. So it's written in a story format, which I enjoy and many others have enjoyed. But for anyone that's opening up intuitively or curious to what it's really, really like, this book uh, does a really, really good job at showing people what it's really like and also relating to people who are also walking through that. I can't tell you how many people have reached out and said, I read chapter four and that happened to me too. And I, I've never said it to anyone. So that was really the purpose of writing the book and I'm really glad I did.
0: Kind of a guidebook.
1: Yeah, it's like a story guidebook of memoirs. This <laughs> works.
0: I mean, you know, we all we all want to we all want to follow the footsteps of those before us. And the easiest way to do that is to learn how they did it. So that that, that works. Mm-hmm. I like that idea.
1: Absolutely. Um, and I made one vow with the book. I, I
0: hang on a second. I'm going to cut that part out. Go ahead. please.
1: <laughs> Sorry, Michael. That's all right. I made. I was just going to say, yep. I made one vow with the book, which was um, to be very real in it, to not sugarcoat anything, and to be very real about my uh, emotions, my experiences, my interactions with others, and also the the positive that came as a result of pushing through those years.
0: That's fantastic. I think that honesty, honesty is best, because when we read it, we can feel yeah. it. When we understand it, yeah. it, it resonates with our heart, our soul, and our mind, which is, you know a positive thing and it moves it forward so that we can grasp it and uh, take a hold of it. So yeah, I, I appreciate that um, perspective. My father was a journalist, so I'm, I'm, I'm supposed to be a writer. My book is still right here, still okay. crap. <laughs> yeah.
1: <It's>
0: right here. <laughs> it's halfway on the computer, halfway on the computer. We'll mm-hmm. say that much. <laughs> uh, so yeah, well done. That's pretty, that's, uh, I think that, we all need a guide in this, in this lifetime. And uh, as you have uh, spoken and through your SAGE process and through what you do, you helped us understand that we have guides if we reach out and ask. We have those uh, moments that we can uh, develop our intuition to reach onto the other side and, and talk to somebody and or get closure when we need to get closure. And you provided the tools through your program, which we're going to talk about in a second here, You provide the tools uh, within your program to help move us along, as well as this book, which we're going to tell everybody how to get to. So let's talk a little bit about all of that. How do we get in touch with you? How do we find you? And uh, uh, how do we get your book?
1: We have everything on thesagemethod.com and that's where you can that's where you can find the free information there's a um plethora of instructional blog posts um instructional videos things like this that people can get started you know if they're like ah how do i start what do i do this site is a great great starting point if individuals want to dive all the way into the sage method they can find the course on there if they're looking for online community of other um, you know spiritual seekers there's an online community there as well if people are interested in the crossing over process there's you know resources there about people who are helping individuals cross over in their transition you know it's a, it's a great resource and there's a lot of information there for anyone that's curious about mediumship intuition uh psychic abilities crossing over anything along those lines
0: and then you've got uh the community the in-depth community mm-hmm. so you, they in- yeah the it was
1: really it was really important to me uh, to build that community because i didn't have anyone to talk to when i opened up and there's a lot of people the community is now global which is wonderful we have people all over the globe and It's a place where even though they might not have support in their immediate circle, they have support in the community and they can come in there and say, hey, okay, this is happening to me or they can lift up others or uh, go into a library and learn more about what they're experiencing through their awakening or their spiritual journey or their intuition.
0: And your vision and goal is to illuminate the way for uh, those to expand into the experience of your highest potential, which is a great mission. Um, And I'll make sure that all of that is in the show notes so that they have the website and they've got everything that they can follow up with you and uh, connect with you in all other forms, including your social media and all that good stuff. Um, Listen, I want to say thank you very much for sharing your journey for this uh, conversation. It was a brilliant conversation. Um, This is one more thing before you go. So before we go, do you have any words of wisdom that you would like to share?
1: (laughs) Any steps that you can take to live your most authentic life, take them now. Take them as fast as you can. Just step into it. If something doesn't fit, start looking at it and shifting it to when when and where it does.
0: Brilliant words of wisdom. Bo? Check out your bow or is it a bow?
1: Oh, Beau's
0: fine. I should ask this no. in the beginning of the whole thing. <laughs> a
1: lot of people call me Beau. You know, is it,
0: Isabeau, I, you, it, it's a very unique name. It, it. Michelle Pfeiffer was called Isabeau in one of my favorite in Lady movies, Hawk. Lady Hawk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And when I read Isabeau, I went, ah, oh, I love that name. And because uh, it relates to that movie, and I love that movie because it's an impeccable love story that transcends time. Uh, we're giving a lot. Our next show is going to be a movie critic show. <laughs> we should really <laughs> review
1: movies. We should. Uh,
0: mm-hmm. But yeah, it's, a, it's brilliant. So, yeah. Well, uh, Bo, thank you very much for coming on the show. I really appreciate uh, you sharing your wisdom, your journey, and uh, uh, the tips, the tools of the trade that can help us move forward in life. I look forward to having another conversation with you down the road, if I may, please.
1: Absolutely.
0: And again, thank you.
1: One More Thing Before You Go, a unique conversation about life podcast is a creation of One More Thing Productions, established 2010, all rights reserved.